Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What would you do if you had the ability to sync minds with your best friend? A partner? Maybe even a stranger? Would you share the deepest part of yourself with them? I can already read your mind. Then what am I thinking about right now? You're thinking about how much you want people to support our Kickstarter for our first feature film, Sync. You're so right. If we raise the money, we can make an amazing sci-fi thriller about mind syncing and toxic relationships. Support women in film and check out our campaign now. Just go to kickstarter.com and search SYNC, that's S-Y-N-C, or click on the link in our bio on social media and follow us at FemRegard and at SYNC the Movie. Mmm, Fem. Geekscapist, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, where have you been? We've been around for 15 years talking pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, TV, and we've missed you. We, probably, we may not have known you existed if you didn't know we existed, but we did miss you all the same as every week we've provided amazing conversations about pop culture with pop culture makers. This week is no different. We've got our good buddy Scott Atkins, action star. You may remember him from Expendables 2 and like a million action movies. He's on the show to talk about his brand new movie, Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. I loved it. I think it's hilarious. It comes out. This Friday on VOD, On Demand, I want you all to check it out. It's very, very comic booky, which is awesome because it's based on a comic book. Um, he sat down with me and the two directors of the film, George and Harry Kirby. They're like a cool stunt director, brother, creative combo. We had a great conversation about uh, bringing Accident Man 2 to the screen. And uh, it's their first feature film. Uh, as directors and uh, they came from like fan movies like making Dragon Ball Z and Batman fan films and also working on Marvel films uh, as like stuntmen and this and that so uh, that got them in the uh, kind of like vicinity of Scott Atkins who's an action star and uh, they started working on this project together and we're going to talk about it coming up on a brand new Geekscape so strap yourselves in and let's go
All right, Geekscapists, welcome to the show. Um, you know what? If it's not too much of a bother, can you hit that share button on whatever you're listening to this podcast on and share it with all your friends? Uh, I think we've been doing a pretty damn good job, if I do say so myself. Uh, and I would really like it if you share us with uh, whatever your social network looks like, friends and enemies. Go ahead and throw your enemies in there. Uh, they may think my voice is grating and annoying, and it would be quite the weapon to use against them. They're like, dude, this guy is so nauseating. Like, who talks about comic books and movies this much? Dude, get a life. Uh, why did you send this to me? Wait, I kind of love it. I'm going to subscribe too. I'm going to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher I'm using, and I'm going to help them get awesome interviews. And maybe along the way, this host will learn what he's doing and get better at it. <laughs> it's, it's worth a try. It all starts with that share button. You know, how could I, wait, after 15 years of doing this show, like, why would I get better now? Uh, that being said, we have been kicking ass. Uh, did you enjoy the Finn Jones episode last week? I loved it. I honestly, I'll tell you what, I did not intend to like, I, I intended to like touch on Finn playing um, Iron Fist in the Netflix series and like how that went both with fans and the Netflix kind of cancellation of all those shows as it as obviously like Disney Plus was going to become a thing. Um I did not uh prompt that discussion. I was actually going to have uh Finn talk a little bit about uh being in Game of Thrones because I've been watching uh House of the Dragon and and loving it. So that's kind of where I was about to go and Finn kind of well he kind of interrupted me and he wanted to talk iron fist <laughs> and what we got in response was way better just a really candid talk about what went wrong admittedly what went wrong with the iron fist series uh over on netflix and how he absolutely would love to be part of the mcu uh and why he thinks it's a good idea and how it would be different and better this time around and i gotta tell you i'm all in on that um i loved that conversation it was great uh, so go check it out if you haven't. I, if you're listening to this, I'm surprised you haven't. Uh, we do have Scott Atkins coming up with the Kirby Brothers talking about Accident Man 2, Hitman's Holiday. I loved that movie too. It's very much a comic book action movie. It's hilarious. I, I laughed my ass off watching it. Um, but speaking of films, we have a little film going on right now that needs your love. You may have heard the ad at the front of the show, but our good friends at the FemmerGuard podcast, uh, I... They have this Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, it is for their movie Sync. They're trying to raise 10K. They're on their way. But if you go to Kickstarter and look for Sync, it's a female-focused sci-fi film. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. Like, like, please donate to them. They would love that, and we would love to see this movie get made. Uh, the little subtitle is, In the microchipped near future, a young woman must stop a mind sink in under 72 hours before she loses control of her own thoughts. So uh, you think you've been hacked? What if you had a computer in your brain and that got hacked? What about that? So it's kind of a cool idea for a movie. I think that's kind of the gist of it. Um, but it, you got to go over to Kickstarter, watch the video, and check it out. The movie, again, is called Sync, S-Y-N-C, and search for it on Kickstarter. Throw them some love. Uh, because they definitely deserve it. I love the Femme Guard show. I love having it on the network. Uh, and hey, there's, they're, they're giving you free product. So like, this is the best way to pay them back. Also, speaking of Geekscape filmmaking, <laughs> things are a little busy. I do get married later this week. I get married on Friday, and you would think that 
it's time to slow down, not do so many geekscapes, but I can't help myself. Not only do you have this episode, but did you watch Werewolf by Night, the new Disney Plus horror uh, one-hour movie that they put up there with Gail Garcia Bernal? I loved it. Uh, this really was a showcase of their of Marvel's 1970s kind of B-level horror uh, character, Werewolf by Night. And there are some other Marvel characters in there, too, that if you are familiar with the, kind of the horror corner of the Marvel Universe, uh, you get that all in this one hour, and I loved it. Heidi loved it. She watched it there with me. I was like, maybe she won't be into this. It's in black and white, kind of like a classic Universal monster movie. And they're going all in on sort of that uh, old school nostalgia, maybe a little bit of campiness. And I thought it was great. It had some amazing reviews going in. Ian watched it immediately as soon as it hit Disney+. Plus. So I woke up to a text that was like, I loved it. And I said, hey, that's pretty high praise. I'm going to check it out. And uh, now Ian and I are going to talk about it a little later this week as we do a Werewolf by Night special. And then (laughs) next week... We've got the She-Hulk season one special. Like that is a great show. That's easily my favorite. And I like the Marvel Disney Plus stuff, but She-Hulk has turned into my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. It's got some incredible social commentary on the toxic geek uh, fandom, uh, what it is to be a woman in this world, uh, especially online. I think uh, it is hitting on so many cylinders and it's very funny and it's got great action. And we got Daredevil back in the MCU, not just in the Spider-Man movie, but in the proper like Marvel-run, Disney-owned MCU, and it was great. And that's not even the highlight of the series. The highlight of the series is She-Hulk. It's fantastic. I can't say enough about it, so I'm actually going to save that for the She-Hulk talk uh, next week when everything's wrapped up and we've seen all the episodes and I get to sit down with Ian and talk about it. There's so much great TV. Uh, I'm loving the hell out of Andor and I don't have enough time to talk to y'all all about it. So maybe you should go to the Facebook group or on the Instagram. I've started a TikTok where I've started to put old and new Geekscape clips up there and make some friends. So there's lots of ways for me to geek out with y'all that isn't just this podcast. And maybe that's the best, but maybe that's for the best because uh, there's only so much time here. Again, I am getting married in a few days. I'm also going to do a podcast next week with uh, Heidi. We're going to sit down and I think we're going to have a pretty damn geeky wedding. Uh, Something will go wrong. You know, they always do. We stress out and something always goes wrong. You can only plan one of these big life events so much. There's so many things going on into it, but um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, really stoked. And uh, I know she is too. We've been working on this wedding, I think since January. Like, y'all saw me get uh, engaged on this show. You saw me do it on the main stage of Comic-Con, LA Comic-Con last December. That's right around the corner. We're going to have panels there as well. I should probably write them out and submit them. But um, this year has just been a whirlwind uh the short film has been touring festivals i've been filming working on what we will be hopefully filming next year and then the big one getting married and again if you've been with me on this show for 15 years you've seen me go through some major life changes and 
six years ago when I got divorced, which was something that uh, y'all probably witnessed on this show. You probably saw the fallout of that. I know my friends like Matt Kelly, they saw me pretty much bottom out. Ian Kerner recently was telling me like we were just having a conversation about something else. And I was like, hey, remember like, you know, 2017, which was the, the year after I got separated and then uh, in the midst of the divorce. And he's like, yeah, that was dark. <laughs> and I was in the depth of it. So I, I know I was going through some shit, but I didn't know that like my friends had re- really thought of it that way. I thought it, it, when you're. When you're in pain, it's so acutely, uh, it's so acutely painful that you sometimes feel like you're the only one going through it. But I really think, in retrospect, it was just pouring out of me, and everyone was uh, was just kind of there. <laughs> they just had to like hold on and watch Jonathan go through this, and it affected a bigger circle than I thought it would, uh, th- than I thought it did. And, and Ian uh, had definitely said that a few days ago. He's like, "Wow, yeah, that was." It was a pretty dark time there, Jonathan. We were worried about you, and I got to admit, it was pretty touch and go. Um, but it was all in... What, this is what I want to say. It was all in the service of what I'm doing now. The filmmaking, the relationships, the Geekscape growth, which has been crazy these last two years, um, the recommitment to my friends, the recommitment to the audience, the recommitment to myself, which is the biggest part of it. I didn't know how small I had become uh, emotionally, mentally, um, and just setting myself up for that second half of my life and being like, hey, dude, there's a lot left to be written here. And when I checked in with myself six years ago, I I didn't think I was, I didn't think that I was, uh, in a place where, where that would have been a very smooth ride. <laughs> that might have been pretty rough. Um, and I remember hearing this phrase. I think I've said it on the show before. And maybe you're in this spot now. Maybe you're in a place now where you're thinking about this. Um, easy decisions will turn into a hard life. Hard decisions. And they can be very hard to make. And you can make them in some of the hardest moments of your life maybe maybe your the moment of your life is hard because there are hard decisions to make but if you make those hard decisions you will have an easier life so easy decisions equal a hard life hard decisions equal an easy life and as hard as that period was as hard as that period was for me my, my voice is cracking at this point i'm getting emotional uh as hard as it was for my friends to witness me going through it as hard as it was for my friends to go through it because I was putting them through it. Uh, <laughs> I, re- I remember several times I was snappy, irritable, not fun to be with. Um, it's this week, this week that we are in right now with two Geekscapes in your feed, a wedding, filming. I'm filming out of town two days before my wedding. Jesus. Uh, this is what it was for. This is this is what it was for. And I fought for this. And y'all were there for it. Unless you haven't li- listened to the show before and you're just like, hey, I just want to hear Scott Atkins. What the fuck? <laughs> then, well, you're in for it now. Um, that uh, th- That is what it was for. And, and, and you know what? Fuck it. I, I deserve to reap the rewards. I deserve to be happy. 
as you do if you push through those fires that are testing you right now in your life. And you're not doing it alone. <laughs> Ian might have wished that I was doing it alone. That's how <laughs> probably rough I was. Um, but um, you're not doing it alone. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why we built Geekscape, to, to kind of make it a, a thing for all of us. Um, I'm actually going to go on, on the TikTok right now. I was talking to a longtime Geekscapist, Aaron, on there. Um, I, I actually hit him up because he was liking all my TikToks. And I was like, oh, this guy's liking all my TikToks. So I hit him up and I said, hey, man, like, <laughs> you're really going all out in support. And I said, I just want to, you know, and, and I, I've talked to Aaron, I think, on Facebook, but I did not connect the two. I honestly thought this was just somebody on, on TikTok that was following me. So, Aaron, I apologize. I did not connect you to the friend I had on on Facebook for a long time because we don't interact on Facebook, but we actually, I, I wrote you on, on TikTok and I said, I said, Hey man, damn, you're going all out. Like, thanks for supporting the stuff I'm putting up. Some of it is old Geekscape, some new, this is just a new platform for me. Uh, I love doing a show and uh, talking about things in the geek world. And Aaron wrote back and he said, of course, you're a big part of the reason I even started reading comics again back in the early thousands. If I hadn't, I probably would be lost to all the cool content being made these days. It's like a dormant part of me was awakened, and I feel more comfortable with who I am now. I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah, Jonathan may have cried reading that, <laughs> because that was the whole damn point of doing Geekscape, of growing the network, of, you know, looking up and having times when... I had no listeners to having tons of listeners to doing episodes with my friends, doing episodes with celebrities. It was all to feed people like Aaron and people like you and say, hey, you're not, this, you're not alone. Our life is not just this pop culture content. It is this journey. And the pop culture content... It's like the sprinkling on the top. It's like the things that you find along the journey that help make the journey just a little more fun to be on. Uh, but it's not always an easy journey. But it doesn't also have to be a lonely journey. Uh, and that's what that's what we're doing here. So um, just wanted to check in with y'all. <laughs> You're like, what the heck? <laughs> we got all that? Yeah, okay, yeah, you did. Uh, and um, wanted to just say thank you for helping me on my journey uh, to get me to this kick-ass week that uh, is what it was all about. That was what it was all for, and it's only getting, it's only going to get better. And dude, my voice is out of it. I am emotional and shaky. <laughs> this is what it was for. Uh, thank you for being on this journey with me. I love you so much, and, and, and I think I say that to myself too, because there was a long time, was a long time when I couldn't do that. And now kind of like this guy whose voice you're listening to right now <laughs> i'd like for him to be a better host but hey you know what uh, i'm trying maybe share it with your share geekscape with your closest enemies they'll sit through this um all right let's get to the scape uh we've got an awesome episode uh accident man hitman's holiday comes out on friday again directed by the kirby brothers starring scott atkins who also wrote it uh he wrote the story he optioned the material uh and he did it with uh Stu small who wrote the first accident man i had no idea this existed 
until they sent me the screener and asked Scott, uh, asked me if Scott could be on the show. And hell yeah, I'd love to have Scott Atkins on the show. And he's on the show and he's on the show right here. Sorry for the audio. This is uh, me recording uh, three people from London over a remote connection. So it's a little digital, but I think I cleaned it up as best I could. And it's a very enjoyable conversation with four nerds talking film and action and making nerd films. Uh, so enjoy. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. Uh, I've got some really big, big nerds on the show right now. I just doing research for this conversation we're about to have. Um, I could not believe how completely geeky these guests are. And you may not think it. Uh, because Scott Atkins is a major action star and Harry and George, um, who directed the movie, uh, well, I know their last names are Kirby, like Jack Kirby, but it turns out, uh, these directors are pretty big geeks too. Um, (laughs) they have a brand new movie called Accident Man. It's a sequel to the original Accident Man that came out a few years ago, also based on a comic book, but this one's called Hitman's Holiday and, um, Scott co-wrote the the script um and watching this thing y'all had a lot of fun uh, maybe scott didn't have fun you get bounced around like a ping pong ball but uh <laughs> you must have had fun on the first one if you came back for number two i don't have fun on any of my movies <laughs> <laughs> most of my movies is me getting thrown around with smashed off concrete that's not fun. <laughs> but i do it because it seemed like a good idea when i was 10 <laughs> is, is there a certain limit where you're like You've just been bounced around so much that you're you, once you once you're done with the movie and you go through something like this, like you do the press, you get to see the reaction of the film. People get enthusiastic about it. It's worn off, and you're like, yeah, I kind of forgot about the bouncing around part. And then when you're strapped up on set, ready to do a stunt, you're like, oh, right, we have to do this thing. <laughs> no, I'm watching those fights with PTSD. Like, oh, I remember that bit. <laughs> <laughs> But the, you had uh, these two guys, Harry and George Kirby, co-directing. Um, this is your first feature, guys, but y'all came out of... A, you, you do stunts, and y'all do stunts for some of the biggest geek movies out there, all these Marvel films. Um, and then you, you've done a ton of these like fan shorts that are, you know... I mean, I'm looking at this, and if y'all are making Dragon Ball Z shorts, <laughs> like if, if you're making Dragon Ball Z like fan films, you, you, you got your geek cred pretty locked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, we yeah, that, that last 10 years we've been making kind of uh, YouTube shorts, uh, and they all tend to be pretty geeky. So we did like a Batman short, we did uh, an X Men uh, cable, you know, short film, uh, some live action Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so yeah, we were, we were firmly making like kind of geek shorts, but a lot of it involved action and stunts because of George's background. Uh, he was able to kind of wrangle in stunt guys to come and help us do some cool action stuff in our, in our short films. Um, and then that kind of you know led us forward to to working with Scott because uh, you know, George kind of worked with Scott. But yeah, actually, I, that's where I first met Scott was on uh, Doctor Strange, and uh, I was doubling Benedict, and we had a few uh, short scenes together. Scott actually threw, threw me down some stairs. Which quite I cool. would have kicked his ass if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, so yeah, that's, that's where Scott was on, a, on that on that Marvel movie, Doctor Strange. Yeah, and y'all got got together. On that, uh, on Scott Derrickson's movie, who's also a geek, who's also worked with us here at Geekscape, and yeah. y'all hit it off as stuntmen, as stunt fanatics, and comic book fans, or where did that relationship kind of start up? I think, I think, like I said, we had, we had like 
Sorry, even like two or three little short scenes, maybe. And, and uh, I know yeah. you call, as, as we had as another stunt double, Leo, uh, I think had a, a big fight part of Scars off with, with Benedict. Thing. And uh, so I think it spent loads of time together, I think. But um, yeah, well, we, 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 kind of, we kind of got back in contact with uh, with Scott because we'd written a film ourselves. And it was like an action, an action zombie type uh, film. And uh, we'd made like a proof of concept, like a six minute kind of short film that we showed Scott. And uh, he, we were like, basically, Scott, please come, come be in our movie. And then he he basically was like, we love like the short guy, you know, you know <laughs> see what we're doing. The, the short version is he he didn't like the script, <laughs> which is absolutely fine. But Scott, well, Scott then didn't need to say that bit. <laughs> Scott, Scott was like, look, no play about it. Yeah, no play about it. Yeah, you know, and you know, he basically said that like, maybe we'll get to work together in the, in, in the future. We were like, great, you know, we'd love the opportunity. And then a few weeks later, we get a call from Scott basically saying, how do you feel about coming to direct uh, Axel Man 2 or Axel Man Hitman's Holiday? And we were like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, um, um, so, you know, really, Scott kind of gave us our opportunity with this. So we, we, yeah. we're very grateful to him. Um, so, yeah, so that's how it, that's how it kind of happened. It's, it's I'm still waiting it. for my beer, guys. <laughs> I've got to say, I've got to say, Jonathan. Um, as soon as I knew that the director of Accident Man One was he was doing something else and couldn't do it, I'd, ju- I'd seen the, the short that they did, and my first thought was those guys have got the perfect style for Accident Man Two because they checked all the boxes. One, they're English, which is important to me in terms of that, you know, English sensibility. Two, they understand the action on a, on a deep level, and I don't have to worry myself about that like I do on some other movies. And three, they really were leaning in on the comedy, which is something I wanted to improve on from the first film. I wanted to go more into the com- comedic side. And something that I wasn't necessarily that aware of and really came in handy was that they're, 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 they're good with the visual effects. So <laughs> they had so many strings to their bow. And they sent me that, that, that short when I watched it. I was completely blown away by it. I mean, legitimately, I thought this is great. This is this is brilliant directing here. The choice of shots that they had and everything, the way they told the story, the sensibility, the comedy. But no, they're going to be great. Accident Man too. I was trying to play it cool on the phone with you guys, but in my heart, I was like, God, please, please say yes, because I just knew it was going to be perfect. <laughs> and then they uh, they go and drop a script on you. Is it is it a is it a no or is it a not right now? On the zombie thing, I was like, "Forget that script. Here's mine." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez good. told me a story about like this uh, when he was doing Spy Kids. He had a deal with the Weinstein's, and they were like, "Hey, that Spy Kids thing sounds great and everything, but you got to do the faculty first. Like, we'll give you four pictures, but the first one has to be ours." And I'm just wondering <laughs> if we're going to see that zombie thing <laughs> because, as geeks here on Geekscape, <laughs> that zombie thing sounds. I don't know. I mean, what if Scott rewrites it? Because he wrote this one, and it's pretty funny and entertaining. I I think y'all found like the biggest (laughs) proponent for the zombie fan, uh, for the zombie film. Um, Scott, (laughs) taking the reins on the Accident Man franchise and writing this script, um, what was what was the story there? And like, obviously, you're also thinking about your own physical abilities and like making it through a arduous shoot schedule all the stunts you've got to do but also picking your spots and this is a movie geekscape i think you're gonna love because right off the bat it's super hilarious it's fun it has the sensibilities that y'all were talking about um 
And but you got to pace yourself. You know, you got to think about, you know, not just pacing yourself on set, but you're also pacing yourself with the comedy. You're also pacing yourself with the action. You don't want to wear the audience out. The movie, the, the movies like this has to be paced on multiple different. You're, you're spinning multiple plates, and they all have to be paced appropriately. Does that make sense, guys? That makes yes. sense, and that was the initial idea. But then, you know, and you schedule it, thinking, let's space the fights out. We'll do like one fight a week or something like that. And then, of course, the inevitable love that we've lost that location, and so now you're going to have to do the first four fights one one after another. <laughs> and so, oh, cheers for that. Cheers for that, guys. No, but it's just the nature of making these independent movies that there's a lot of chaos around that you have to try and sift through. And sometimes the last thing you're doing is actually the making of the movie. There's all this other chaos going on that you've got to sort out. Um, but yes, I am the producer as well, so I've only got myself to blame. <laughs> and yeah. you guys, this is the first time you'll have shot something that's this long. I mean, obviously you've been on feature films, but now that you're directing it, and ha- again, the idea of pacing it out, uh, how many days do you all shoot this thing over? I'm so guessing it's more than the Goku short film. It was, yeah, yeah, just about, yeah. So, I mean, we, so we had like uh, t- 22 days to, to shoot the film. Uh, put it in perspective, I mean, I know they're, they're vastly different kind of movies, but like the latest Bond movie, for example, was 125 days filming. So we have 22. So, you know, it's a, it's a very fast paced, you know, very fast moving. But we did a lot of planning before in terms of the action. Scott was kind enough to kind of get together with us and uh, some of the other guys, and we previous the action. So we kind of, you know, we actually worked out all the action before we got out to Malta, uh, and awesome. yeah, a lot, a lot of it, and shot rough, a rough version of it and kind of edited it together so that once we get on set, we can literally say, this is the fight, this is how we're going to shoot it, and we've already got all that planned out, so we're not wasting any time once we're, once we're on set. When you're doing that in your, uh, because I mean, there, I think that's required on a movie, especially with a tight schedule like this. You have under a month to shoot something like you said that it usually takes well over a month because there are so many shots in an action movie. A lot of these shots are only on screen for a minute. But I got to say, y'all have a pretty fluid camera. You carry the shots a lot longer than the typical action movie that'll just be like, hey, let's just chop, 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 chop. And that'll that'll save the stunts. That'll save the performances. Um, I don't think it's fun to watch, though. I think part of it is the choreography. Part of it is the the artistry of the dance that is these stunts. Um, when you're choreographing these things, you know, in advance, how does it change the script? How does it change the story? Are there were there any beats that you discovered do not work or affect the larger narrative of the film once you're doing the pre choreography on on tape and cutting together rough versions of these fights? When we did the previs. Um... The guys, I, I was busy doing stuff, but they, they'd gone out to look at the locations. So they'd seen some locations, and then we started previsiting the fights. So, so we prevised the fight to this location, which, of course, by the time we made making the movie, we, we'd lost it. <laughs> we'd lost that location. Well, that can't and, bounce and up that wall. Two locations, actually. Two, two location, locations. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is the nature of like, filming an independent movie, but... Um, so I'll let you guys answer the rest. But yes, yeah, so I think that's like that's really where having performers like Scott and Alan Rossassin, you know, Andy Gong and uh, Sarah Chang and um, yeah, all the all the guys that perform are martial artists themselves. They're, you know, they're fighters, they're screen fighters. They know they can adapt, <laughs> adapt to these changes, and it doesn't you know make uh, doesn't complete screw us. You know, we don't have to go. Oh, okay, well they're not going to have to do that, so we'll have to cut this and 
hide that or do that. You know, we can adapt and still keep all the action in shot. We don't have to compromise on our shots and stuff. So it was always just a matter of, right, okay, well, we haven't got that wall there anymore. Let's, you know, let's just split that around and we'll have it you know, this way. instead. So, you know, and just on the day, you know, we have, especially like people like Andy Long and Sam Matt, you know, who were there, you know, while we were shooting some of the um, dialogue scene stuff there, they're thinking ahead to uh, the fight scene and going, okay, well, you know, in the new space that we've got, the new location, and saying, okay, we can change that to there. So by the time we get to shoot it, they've already sort of thought those things ahead. Um, so yeah, having those guys who understand action and how to adapt and change it, you know, I think really, you know, really helped us uh, to get through those fights and, uh, and make them make them. But, fight, you know. and, and Jonathan, I'll, I'll tell you that. Sorry, Harry. Um, because George has got his um, expertise as a stuntman. A lot of the times he was in there with me holding the camera and operating. Not not all the time. Sure. Uh, but a lot of the time he's in there because of his experience as, as a fight, you know, doing fight scenes with, with other stunt people. He's able to predict and remember the choreography, you know, as a stuntman because he's a stuntman. And, and that really helps out a lot of the times. And that's why you can get those fluid shots. And both Harry and George, they love to keep the camera moving in that way. And they don't want to keep it static. They, they want to keep it moving all the time. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you, you, you really like spinning around in circles. <laughs> but that, that, that's what they do so well, and that, that's why they're so good at their job. Yeah, you don't want to run into the performance. The performers have to dance with the camera as much as they're dancing with each other on this thing. And again, like this stuff gets you know dangerous when there's stunts involved. And also, in Geekscape, I want you to actually appreciate the fact that this is a 22-day shoot schedule with moving parts like locations because um, like this stuff has to get planned out arduously, uh, which like when it comes to the script, when it comes to the comedy of it, how much was there improv, Harry? Because obviously keeping the energy high is a huge component to a movie like Accident Man because it's all about energy. It's all about the pop of it. It's a comic book come to life. Yeah. Um, was there room to improvise not just in the fight scenes, which sounds like because of location stuff, you had to improvise a little bit, but within the performances as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, everyone kind of uh, did, definitely did like, their own little bits of improvisation, including Scott. Uh, we were very lucky in that we've got, you know, uh, Perry Benson is playing Fred, and then we've got George Foray because he's playing uh, Dante. Uh, both of those guys are very good at kind of just, uh, <laughs> you know, we get to the end of the take and they just throw a little thing extra in there or you know, an extra line. Uh, George was very good at Every time he kind of do a take, he would change what he's saying because obviously him and Scott are bantering back and forth, so they're kind of like insults would change at each other, all that kind of stuff. We let for that because at the end of the day, all that matters is that they're that they're arguing. It doesn't matter specifically what they're saying. So the guy's got to do some some fun impro. Uh, same with Sarah Chang. You know, like Scott was very much like I want us two to be kind of going at each other and kind of uh, to get that um, you know get that argumentative feel. So. We would kind of do a couple of takes, but after a couple, they'd both start changing the insults on things around. Sarah would be, you know, speaking Cantonese, so we didn't necessarily know what she was saying. But she was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, right. I don't know how we ended up with that bit, but when she Let's goes, just go uh, she just starts shouting at me in Cantonese. And I said, what, what do you say? Don't, I don't speak Cantonese. And she just goes, motherfucker. <laughs> and that was a complete improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think also, like, you know, especially like for Scott, you know, and, and um, uh, Perry and Ray, you know, coming from the first film, just them already understanding the characters, uh, you know, they're bringing those characters from the first film uh, through this one. And so all those, you know, Scott and Ray and Perry Ray would go, well, you know, 
I think maybe he'd do this and say this and just, you know, make some tweaks and stuff, which I think really, you know, elevates it, uh, especially between like, Ray and, and Scott. Um, and Bar and stuff, you know, the, the tension that is created there, I think, is, uh, is really nice. And Ray, you know, I think, you know, Ray, he's, you know, his presence, you know, he's such an intimidating and... Uh, my God, I just saw him on an. I, they they showed an IMAX version of Triple R here on Friday night in LA. That movie's fucking incredible, and Ray's great in it. Ray's just awesome in it. Speaking of choreography and action, um, was improvising lines and changing stuff on the fly. Was that your way of getting back at Scott for not liking your zombie script? <laughs> that was going? <laughs> no, I mean Scott, Scott was matters. All that matters is the finished product. So, <laughs> as long as it's funny, that's why it's like, yeah, he, he calls me a melted Ben Affleck. And even <laughs> though I'm like, oh, I don't want to be compared to Ben Affleck again, it's, it's so funny that we've had to put it in the movie and it's yeah. ended up in the trailer. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I did want to ask y'all about is even though with uh, all the silliness that sometimes is going on in this movie, Geeks Gave is with the action, with the pop, with the really loud villains. Um, this movie ultimately, like when I got down to it and Ray was a part of this is it's a movie about ro- loyalty and friendship. It kind of is. Yeah. I'm seeing two brothers here, Harry and George making a movie together. Uh, Scott, how much was that an influence once they got added to the project or how much of it was in the original seeds of this movie that it had the emotional grounding really of a story about friendship and loyalty? Well, I think we'd, we'd written the scripts before the brothers came on. But certainly, that was something I remember you guys um, catching on to and, and really wanting to push home the, the theme of, of, of friendship yeah. and, and family being the theme for the movie. But yeah, the script was already d- done. Although uh, George and Harry had some great suggestions of, about the structure and we, we continually made the scripts better and better But once they came on. Yeah, the, the, like Scott said, the, they, they, that was already kind of in the script that Fred is the kind of, you know, the thing that's, that uh, Alan is looking to say. So it's, it's important to him in the film. But we definitely wanted to, yeah, really make that the kind of balance arc, I suppose, in the film that he, he, you know, he really learns that friendship is important, and, uh, that, you know, gives some, someone to care about. Because, you know, the, the fun thing with this film is, is that if you stop and think about the characters, they're all, you know, they're all terrible people, they're murderers, they're assassins, that kind of stuff. But if you can make the audience, you know, have something to emphasize that, Empathize, empathize with, and everyone can empathize with like friends and, and family and caring about stuff. So it was a, uh, it gives something for everyone to kind of latch onto the Fallon and the other characters. Uh, yeah, really, really root for yeah. the might to win, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and save Fred. So yeah, I think that was definitely important. So, something you were very particular on with me as well was to make sure that the character was likable. Um, because maybe in the first film he didn't come off as likable as he could have done. I mean, he was, we're dealing with revenge and all the rest of it in the first movie, so that didn't help. But definitely, they, they lent on me heavily to make sure that the character lined up a bit, to be honest. Yeah, I think there are a couple parts in the film where you end up in a, at a hurdle, and the solution might just be, hey, we're going to put down the weapons, and I'm going to give you a chance to actually build a relationship here, even if it's with another lethal assassin, but y'all are all in the same... Y'all are peers, basically. Y'all are professional peers. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this, the narrative hinges on whether or not that offer is accepted or not, right? And sometimes it's accepted off-screen, where, you know, some of this... I don't want to spoil the movie Geeks gave us, yeah. but that those those sequences are hey we can escalate this as enemies or we can kind of find a middle ground here and forge some kind of a friendship 
Uh, this is like Stand By Me with people trying to kill each other. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I just, that was a joke. But, but, I, but I found that to be the, the nice emotional grounding to a movie that is kind of off the rails by design. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's exactly what we wanted. We want it to be, yeah, it's, it's exactly the blend that you talked about. Scott really wanted to kind of amp up the comedy in this. So it's that, it's that blend of like just fun comedy, but then really cool action. So that when you're watching the action, you're like, whoa, you know, it's really cool. But then some emotional stuff as well that makes you care about the characters. Because, you know, as cool as the action is, if it's for nothing, if it's like just like, oh, just a fight for the sake of a fight, then it's never never as good. But when you're like rooting for the character to win for a, for a good reason, he always makes action better. So, uh, That's part of shading his character towards likability is saying, hey, like, yeah. he is fairly reluctant to do this right like you i mean if you look back at like the chayun fat assassin films and things like that like these are all reluctant assassins these are people who they found themselves in the right line of work that it's just it's their skills uh finding the material scott on that original accident man i didn't have you on geekscape would love to i mean it, some of your films i'm just like oh man it'd be awesome to have him on the show uh the original accident man finding this material from some of the I mean, I think 2000, every time I'm in the UK, I, I come back with one of those big, like 2000 AD books, right? Yeah. Um, what was it like grabbing that material and then continuing it? Um, are you a big reader of the 2000 AD stuff or the comic book stuff? I wouldn't say a big reader, but certainly aware of 2000 AD and Judge Dredd and some of the other characters. Uh, so Pat Mills was the writer of Accident Man who also wrote Judge Dredd. And I found the comic book when I was 14 years old and I loved it. And I just kept it and the dog had eaten it and all sorts. <laughs> and I always thought to myself, this would make a great movie. Somebody's got to make this into a film. I'm sure they will, but they never did. <laughs> I found out since that a big producer actually had the, the property option for ages and for whatever reason, he didn't make it. Lucky for me, because when I decided to go ahead and option the rights, um, I had a meeting with the, the creators and I remember walking in to meet them and they were straight away, there he is, Mike Fallon. <laughs> just like him. And I'm like, oh, this is going well. And so I managed to do a, a good deal with those guys that allowed me to write it with my friend, Stu, that I'd known from school. So, you know, such a, a very personal project for me. And then we, we got it over to Sony and we got it made. But yeah, to be here now talking about Accident Man 2, as a 46-year-old, knowing that I got that comic book when I was 14, and definitely aware of how cool that is and the circular nature of the whole thing. It's very cool. And guys, would you all follow this up with another genre film? I mean, it looks like Harry and George, that's kind of the lane they're in. They're, they, they love the, the genre stuff, the comic book stuff. What's, yeah. uh, what's next for all of you guys? Well, I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, we're looking into our zombie movie. There's a few things happening in the background with that, so hopefully that's going to be you know, uh, potential. Uh, we've uh, we've been chatting with uh, Scott about some bits and bobs as well. So, like, yeah, there's there's some things going on. Uh, the dream, the dream for us, to, you know, in the, in the distant future would be to direct the new Ninja Turtles movie. That would be like wow. our, that would be like our, our uh, fantasy film to make. Or maybe Dragon Ball Z as well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you didn't like the live action one. You didn't like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I mean. No, one of my one of the biggest highlights of doing Geekscape is having Kevin Eastman over to do a Geekscape with me, and just as a Turtles fan, that's great. And I can't wait to see Scott in that Turtles film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds, Scott, it sounds like they, they it sounds like they hot potatoed the zombie script to somebody else. But what's next for you? 
<laughs> uh, well, it's John Wick 4 for me. I'm stoked for that. Yeah. I'm excited as well. Can't wait to see it. I can't yeah. believe they put it back till March. How dare they? <laughs> uh, all right, Geekscapist. The movie is called Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Uh, go check it out. It comes out on the 14th later this week. So, guys, thanks for coming on Geekscape, and uh, thanks for Pleasure. talking about the film. Thank you for having us. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right, Geeks gave us awesome possum. How good was that conversation? I loved meeting the Kirby brothers. I loved meeting Scott Atkins. Uh, and I'm a fan of all theirs. I hope uh, I hope they can make that zombie movie. It doesn't doesn't sound like the it sounds like the zombie movie is going to happen. Doesn't sound like the zombie movie is going to happen with all three of them. Sounds like the Kirby brothers are going to make that zombie movie, and Scott Atkins is going to go do his thing. And we're just going to be fans of theirs until their next collaboration together. And then we can celebrate them all together again. I hope they come back on the show. I loved, loved, loved talking to them. And I love doing these episodes for all of you. Um, There's so much more Geekscape coming. Again, I want to reiterate that you should support Sync on Kickstarter. Our good friends in Femregard have this film that they're putting together. It sounds really cool. Go to Kickstarter, search for Sync, S-Y-N-C, and support it. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, Hang tight. Subscribe to this podcast if you have not yet. Uh, Share it with your friends if you have not yet. Uh, Leave us a five-star review again if you have not yet. Uh, And uh, just keep celebrating the Geekscape. We'll be back in a few days, uh, if not like tomorrow with the Geekscape Werewolf by Night special with Ian Kerner, talking all about that brand new, almost surprise Disney Plus horror movie, uh, horror short movie, it's like an hour long, uh, that hit this weekend. Uh, We are just swimming in the geek content, and it's fantastic. So I hope you're happy, I'm happy, and we'll see you probably in just a few hours with a brand new Geekscape episode. Keep watching this feed because it is popping off. Um, Don't hate create. Geekscape forever. Nos vemos. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.